0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the ten to twelve podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local eleven fifty. I'm Stephen French. I'm Benny Kaitzi, and I'm Jason Shoemaker. So, guys, we've got kind of a special episode today, right? We're um, we're we're on location again.
1: Very special.
0: Yep, uh, from the twenty twenty two Connecticut Teamsters uh, Annual Steward Seminar. So that that's pretty exciting, I think. We're going to do a lot of learning. Yeah, there's a lot of learning going on here, and maybe you don't understand why you want to listen to that, but we've got lots of speakers coming today, so we're going to listen to some of those speakers. We're going to kind of pull some stewards from other locals into the podcast and talk to them about maybe what's different um, from from our union to their union, talk about all that kind of stuff, um, some of the strategies that they use to to represent their members, um, and, and we just might have a special guest here at the end. So um, just maybe stay tuned. We're gonna we're gonna get out there into our Union Hall. It's uh, taking place right here at local eleven fifties Union Hall. So we're gonna get out there and we're gonna talk to some folks. Um, so let's get this going. Sounds good. All right, so joining us right now on the show is our very own Mike Mento, a steward with Local 1150. Mike, welcome to the show. All right, good morning. So um, we're here for the steward seminar, right? The um, the annual steward seminar. What, what are you looking to get out of a thing like this?
2: Um, I, I, I enjoy these events because it gives you all the little uh, tidbits and nuggets of information that you... Um, say might not normally practice every day it has more like you can learn more about on say workers comp or fmla Um, just little things and maybe like you learn more about just cause situations like all the steps of it and how to how to implement all of these into your day-to-day steward activities so
0: you mentioned just cause i know that that you guys kind of focused in on that last year or the year before when when um we had a steward seminar and and that worked pretty well for you huh
2: yeah they um they brought the last time we had the, the steward seminar and it got we we, we learned a lot. Me and uh, Jay, we we actually used a lot of the just cause information to pretty much shred a lot of disciplines that we have gotten. Yeah. Nice. Um,
0: yeah. And, and, and that's awesome. And that's exactly the kind of thing we're looking to do here, right? Yeah. Um, what about talking to other stewards? Um, you know, I know you mentioned you, you mentioned listening to stuff about family medical leave, right, and all that stuff. Uh, um, so let's talk about that, actually. What do you learn about family medical leave? Why is that important?
2: Well, because uh, people, well, a lot of people don't understand all the processes and, like, the eligibilities for the FMLA. A lot of the membership doesn't know about how to go about actually... Um, getting it or now we have the paid family leave about how about setting it up and the the best way to go about doing it. And this gives us a lot of that information.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, th- that stuff, you know, some of the stewards might think that that stuff is kind of boring, right? But, but that's the stuff that I think we take away from this the most. Because Um, You know, our steward force is pretty comfortable with the contract, right? So if you get a standard grievance, you know, you know how to deal with that with our members. But it's the questions about, hey, what about Connecticut paid family medical leave? Yeah. We don't always have those answers, so here's where we get the answers. Yes, right? yeah.
2: So a lot of people might think that some of those that information is boring, but then a lot of them need need that information. So exactly. if you if you don't have that information, it's not not great. Yeah, yeah. no <laughs> yeah. doubt
1: Mike, about Mike, I'm it. sure you'll agree too. They send people right to us, right? Yeah. Employees have questions about family leave. They don't say, "Oh, go talk to your supervisor." They say, "Oh, I don't know, yeah. go ask the union." And, yeah. yeah.
2: Nine, so, 90% of the time the company just sends the people to us, whether yeah. it's FMLA, short-term disability, yep. <laughs> workers comp, yep. they'll send them to us. Yep.
0: Hey, my supervisor told me to come talk to you. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, so Mike, talk about you, right. Um, what, what brought you to the Teamsters? What made you want to run for steward and, and be involved?
2: Well, I'm a, I'm a third generation Teamster. Um, my nice. father, my father worked at Sikorsky's for like 31 years. Um, my my grandmother actually was a uh, she was a teamster and uh, for Sikorsky's. And back in uh, the strike, I, I believe it was in the 60s, yeah. she uh, she actually had gotten fired for uh, she was getting off on River Road and slowing the cars down for all the scabs that were trying to get to work. Nice, love nice. it. So, <laughs> nice, so. Uh, yeah, that was kind of an awesome story when I found out about yeah, it. it was I was awesome. like, that's kind of – that's fantastic because yeah. she told me that story after I became a steward. Um, but honestly, like I was on – when I was on first shift, I uh, I had uh, Terry Pasito as my steward at the time. And I, I, I sat down and I watched the grievance pr- procedure and I was like – I loved it, and I was like, you know what? Just one day—that's that's something I, I, I
0: got to do. Yeah. Nice. So Terry Posido is your inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was lunch involved?
2: Uh, oh, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm sure. It usually is probably two lunches. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, I, I,
0: I is your grandmother still with us? No, uh, no she had passed. I'm sorry. Well, good tribute I to her. Really here. would yeah. have loved to meet her. Yeah,
2: it was that was when, when I found that I was pretty was pretty awesome.
0: That's an awesome story.
1: You know, Mike, I think your your introduction to becoming a steward too was similar to mine in that you got out, you started talking to the stewards, finding out kind of what it's all about, hanging around, learning, you know, bits and pieces that you can, and you've become an amazing steward, so.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, it was great. I had you, uh, Greg Lovasolo, a lot of, a lot of people that helped me like to learn all this stuff. And I think it's just a lot about just trying to absorb everything you can. Well, you yeah. got to build up the next yeah. round.
1: Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah.
0: Well, Mike, we know that you want to get out there and and listen to all the stuff that's going on out there at the seminar, so we're not going to keep you any longer, but we really appreciate you coming on um, as our first guest uh, and a member of Local 1150's Steward Force, so appreciate you being here, and um, maybe we'll ask you back again.
2: All right, thanks
1: for having me. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike.
0: All right, so joining us on the show now are Val Zukov from Local 671, Steward, right? At yep. Local 671? UPS Hartford, yeah. All right, and Gary Sapp from local 443 he's a rank and file member um infiltrating the steward seminar yeah. <laughs> uh, so so that's cool but we're I, didn't, gonna talk- I didn't
3: i didn't crash it this isn't wedding <laughs> crack i was invited <laughs> that's, I that's I good i didn't pull a chaz from who, uh, the, the will ferrell character who <laughs> invited you
0: Salabate yeah my, my big homie sal all right i'm gonna have to talk to sal about that uh so, <laughs> so thanks for joining us guys we really appreciate it um so you know we're getting ready to do this steward seminar um what are you looking to get out of this thing our
3: thing is we we want to get the younger members involved that's basically why i'm here that's why i do what i do you know we we want to bring the passion back into the team service. we want younger members to get involved we want people to be proud to be a Teamster. You yeah. know, at my job, I'm a UPS driver, and for years, it's like they brainwash you, and they tell you, you're a UPSer, you're a UPSer. And, you, know, you log in on your UPSer's account, and uh, it's funny. They sent a message one time. It's like, hello, UPSer. So I reached out to Val, and I told him what that's like. I'm not a UPSer. I'm a Teamster Hell yeah. who works yeah. at UPS. Yeah. It's a big difference Yeah, because those Teamsters are all over the place. When yep. we have our meetings – I don't just sit with my UPS click. No, I chop it up. I go around to the guys from DiCello, the people from Pez, the people from Yale. Those are my brothers and sisters. That's my family. Yeah. You got to talk to
0: those boys yeah. at, at DiCello's. Okay. That's, that's a tough place, man. That's a tough place. Yeah, so yeah.
3: delivering those, those, those cases of beer don't get in the basement base by of itself. Yeah. You don't just like do <laughs> wiggling those, and then right. 50 yeah. cases of beer go down yeah. in the basement like yeah. bewitched.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Gary touched on, you know, why we're here and i'm a i'm a steward um, i was actually appointed by dave the late uh dave lucas yep. um <clears throat> so i'll tell you guys a story about what it means to be a teamster um dave was sick um he passed away august 14th of last year And <clears throat> leading up to to that time you know he was fighting cancer and uh god oh sorry guys it's anyway, okay man take a minute we knew Dave. Get, I gotta get this out, man. We oh. knew Dave. Dave was f- f- had a ruthless battle w- with cancer. It was severe, like yep. And this was during the height of COVID. And the guy showed up to work. He still came in and fought for us. And there was a t- there was a day that I got put into that office for some you know some stupid discipline thing, and the center manager's bringing up, oh you know why are you speeding? You're going. 19 miles per hour here i said if i go any slower i'll be picking up packages back off stoops and putting them back in my truck and then the center manager started he, he was he was about to start yelling at me he got he was about to get two words off now put this in context right before we walked into that room dave told me all night he had been pissing excuse my language he'd been pissing blood all night he couldn't see straight his eyes were blurry we walk into that room that center manager started yelling at me, and Dave lost it. And he said, "You don't ever talk to my any member that way." He didn't raise your voice at you. You show him respect. That was till the day he died. He fought for us.
0: Yes, he. That's did, what probably.
4: it means to be a teamster. And the reason I'm here today is to continue that legacy of Dave Lucas. Is to continue like what he instilled in me, what he taught me about being a teamster.
0: I mean. I just pray one day I could even get somewhere close to that. Yeah, and 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 listen, thank you for that story. I got goosebumps listening yeah. to that story. Um, everybody in this room um, is a product of Dave Lucas. Uh, Dave Lucas was Rocco Kalo's mentor, right? Yeah. So all of us at Local 1150 learned from the guy who learned from Dave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so everything I've learned, I always look back and say that's from Dave Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So so thank you for that story. That's you that's awesome. Even it's as funny. a
1: steward I, out of eleven fifty, you know, we came to know Dave through his son, Dave Lucas the third, actually, yeah. and his lessons I think permeated down through all of us, and yeah, you know, they're still teaching us today. Yeah, yeah. So I, got, was, I got a funny.
3: I got a funny Dave story. I met Dave one time, and it was at the Sean O'Brien uh, when he was first started running. Yep. At at a restaurant, yep. maybe around here. Riverview, I think it was called. That's yep. oh, yeah. yeah, here in yep. Stratford. So, yeah. Yep. So we're we're at the restaurant, we're at our table, and then Dave comes up and big homie Sal introduced me to Dave, and and he's like, That guy is a legend. So my guy Sean Dwyer, my shop steward, leans in and says, That guy right there, UPS guy, he has the record for the most supervisors on car. I think he might have what I would have like 5,000 times so I'm crazy wow. Now I'm like oh that guy's a legend so I'm like well, let me pick his brain let me ask him a question introduce myself he comes to the table Dave almost got me fired because Dave sent me to the building that was on a Sunday <laughs> 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 I asked him Dave we got we got problems with people at our building you know coming in early working off the clock sorting their truck you know you got any advice for me he's like go to the management and tell them that you want to start early you, other people so what do I do I go in there and I do that I walk into the office. Those guys are there. I said, hey, I just want to know, can I start early? Our center manager at the time was Erica Lyons. I think she's in Hartford now. As soon as I went up to my supervisor, I'm like, hey, Murph, can I start early? She, she must have been eavesdropping because she shot out of her office, Murphy, Murphy, get those guys out of their trucks. And I just started laughing. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's how you get to them. Because whenever people come in early and they're working off their truck, well, you tell them, get out of your truck, get out of your truck. What are you doing? You're not, you're not on the clock. They don't They don't listen to us. Yep. They're just like, eh, yeah, yeah, whatever. But when a supervisor comes up and says, what are you doing? They, they had to like wink, wink, nod, nod. Hey, man, get out of your truck. They, they don't want you out of your truck. They, they love the fact that you come in early. You know, we start at 8.50. Guys go in there at 7 o'clock in the morning. They're yep. in there. Yep. So, and what are their I want to go home to my family. Dude, you're here an hour and 50 minutes before you're supposed to be. Right. And yeah. you're in your truck setting your truck up stop for stop so you can go out there blow through your day. So you can go home. And, and all the guys that do that, they try to say they have work ethic. Yeah, oh, yeah. I have a work ethic. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. Don't look at me like I'm a bad guy because I stroll in at 849. Like go I'm on the road yeah. and deliver packages like a gentleman. Yep. Follow the speed limit. Follow the methods. Don't sign people's name. Don't leave packages at mailboxes. Let me tell you this. You guys aren't UPS drivers. Yep. But let's say you got a house that you could barely see the house. Right? And you're going to pull up in your truck. Driver A opens the door, throws it at the mailbox, drives away. That's not me. I'm not driver A. I'm driver B, the handsome one. Driver B pulls up, <laughs> pulls his mirror in, puts his e-brake on, puts his hazards on, taps the horn, beep, beep, gets out, walks down the driveway, brings it to the front door, looks at the, vibe, you know, how you doing? Not, not one of those, how you doing? Not Joey from Friends. Classy. How you yeah. doing? Have a good day. Leave it there. Walk back to the truck. And because I do the job the right way, I'm vilified. Right. I'm. I'm yep. gonna. Am I allowed to swear? I don't want to offend nobody, but yeah. I, yeah, let's we say we could bleep it. Yeah, like I. Yeah, I'm not gonna say nothing crazy, <laughs> but it's just like I'm the bad guy because I do the job the right way. Right. Yeah. I'm vilified. Yep. And you are a cake topper. You to the company. You're a good guy. You know that guy's the best, and that's how they create this divide between us. And I am looked at. It's funny. Friday, I had a supervisor got into a beef with him. He hit me with three words that he thought he was hurting my feelings, but it was like a badge of honor. He said, I'm a troublemaker, an instigator, and an agitator. So wow. I'm like, oh, so I'm doing <laughs> something right. Yeah. Those guys think that Sounds I'm a like troublemaker. Are. Yeah, those so. are union words. Yeah, those, those are, are union guys. words. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so you guys, um, you guys are doing a lot of work um, with the futures, right? The CT futures. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about that because uh, you mentioned it just a little while ago that you know you your your thing is getting young people involved, and I think that's awesome because yep. the younger generation needs to get involved, right? They need to understand what a union is, what a union does. Um, so getting that word out is really important. How are you guys doing that?
4: Yeah, August 14th, 10 a.m., local 671 Union Hall in Bloomfield, Connecticut. If you can make it, please, I, I urge everybody to come. And there's no age limit. I know it's called the CT Futures. We don't care mm-hmm. how, you know, we're going to have retirees there. We Like we said, this, we want to bridge the gap between the younger generation and the older generation. Sure. We, you know, the previous administration, they dropped the ball. Yep. There's no there's no way around it, but we now have to pick that ball up, and we're gonna become bigger, faster, stronger. That's right. Um, and so August, we're gonna start doing the things that we all talk about. We're gonna be about it. Yep. We're gonna educate the members. We're gonna talk to people about read your contract, follow the rules, so that you can enforce the rules. Yep. So, um, we we want to also you know. All you hear, because you know, all these big, you know, Jeff Bezos, he bought the Washington Post. All these yeah. big billionaires, they they buy out the media's, and all they do is put out all this anti union propaganda. All oh, unions are bad. Union members are bad. Well, we're 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 going to change that. We're going to, you know, th- this guy right here, Gary, brought it up. We're gonna we're gonna start doing park cleanups. Well, we might start yeah, in Hartford. We, we have like a
3: whole agenda of things. Now, this is gonna. I don't want to sound like the the bad guy reading off a script, but in my phone, we have like ideas. We we. See, I'm going to put the phone down so I can just stay off top of the dome. I listened to 92.5 about a week ago. Had a thing on there. It was a feel-good story. Young kid. Parents ask him, what do you want for your birthday? He says, any toys that you're going to give to me, I want you to give it to the kids. Give it to the other kids. And this was a tradition. He he started years ago and he kept doing it. This child, so selfless, said, I don't want any kid to not have a toy, not feel bad whenever they have a traumatic thing. So they collected like 5,000 teddy bears. And they gave teddy bears to the police department, the fire department, EMT. Just imagine you're a little kid and you get to a horrible car accident and you're freaked out. How nice is it that an EMT gives that kid a teddy bear just here, just so he can hold that teddy bear, just so he can feel sure. yep. safe? And we want to do things like that. We we all have jobs. We all make money. But it's not about just in, in our building, we're 443, right? We're North Haven and we're orange. So we, we play softball. We yep. play softball against each other. And I wanted to let these guys know this whole futures thing, getting the young guys involved, this isn't just like – this isn't just dad stuff. This isn't just us playing softball, high five, and that. No, let's give back to the community. Yes. Sure. Let's That's let people awesome. know what the Teamsters do. 100%. So when I told the big homie Sal, like, we got this idea, we want to get this going, he laughs and said, like, dude, Lucas has been doing that for 10-plus years. Rocco's and them, them guys up in there they, they have an organization called Teamsters for Tomorrow. And I'm like, that's cool. Can we do that? And he's like, we don't have enough members. We're, you know, we're just four, four, three. And Sal, being the way Sal is, he's like, you know what? I'll get back to you. All of a sudden, he hits me up. He's like, hey, we're going to Local 25. We're going to sit in one of their meetings up in Boston, one of their future meetings, and we want to see how they do it. And then we'll bring it back home. I'm like, cool, let's go. That's where I met Val. I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know Val until then. That's yep, where I met yeah. this, you That's know? where I met both of you guys, too. So we just went up there and we were a couple of Connecticut people they invited us in and we hung out we listened to some guys and we got a lot of good ideas like they had an older gentleman who was there I forget I forget his name but he was an OG of OG of OGs. this guy was like 70 years old <laughs> yeah. he had the keys that he closes up and this we want to talk about proud teamster this guy he lives it like yeah. if you Google Teamster, picture this guy comes up with his, with his with the right hand up. When you're a Teamster, all you Teamsters out there listening, when you throw the you make sure you take your right hand and you put it in a fist and you raise it up. Because if you go left hand, unless you're a lefty, but don't right hand goes up when you're a Teamster. You show that Teamster pride. That's <laughs> yeah, right. what this guy embodied. And That's awesome. we took that back home. So we got a guy Jimmy Papillo. He's he's my older guy that I look up to. When I first started going to the meetings, Jimmy Papillo would get up and he would talk and everyone would clap and I would just sit there like yo that guy's a G. Papalo retired. Papalo was on the e-board. So now I'm sitting there like somebody's got Papalo's passing the torch. You know what? Give me that damn torch. I'll I'll be the guy. I'll we be the next that. guy. Too. Awesome. You know what I mean? That's
4: so, so, you know, there's a lot of things we want to accomplish, but it's important to remember this isn't like a one year plan. This is going to be a 5, 10, 15 year plan. We're going to educate the next generation that's going to educate the generation after that. Yeah. And, you know, there was a culture created where certain none of none of our, you know, none of our guys, but you know, certain principal officers around the country or or BAs might not have been willing or eager to teach younger guys because they looked at it as oh, that guy's going to come and take my job. Exactly. Yep. And yeah. sal sal bought, to his credit, and Brock O'Kalo to their credit at, at our last meeting, they spoke to that and they're like, w- We're not doing that. Yep. We're going to teach you guys everything we know so that we have a, a better union and we're going to grow our membership. Absolutely. And the,
3: the old I mean, culture built that stuff. To the, the, the old side. culture was. If you really, I'm not trying to be shitty, but old culture was, you get a guy you're in a position, you surround you with a bunch of stooges, yep, so no
0: one could take your spot. And let me tell you something, I've talked about it on this show. I'm a guy who's been working for Rocco Kalo for over 20 years, and I ran a campaign against him. When he first got elected, mm-hmm. I literally ran a campaign against him, and and when I saw the changes that he made to this local, immediately I went and I said, "I want a job," and he had every reason to say no. Okay, but look, look but at, he look said, at, look "Come at, on in." Look at
3: right in. now. You have Sean O'Brien, our president, and you had uh, Fred Zuckerman. Yep. Zuckerman was with right e- the TDU. UVU. Yeah, yeah, and they were like, you know what? Let's just let's just combine. Yeah, let's just come. Yeah. Dude, they did the. Uh, Original super team. He did like yep. LeBron. He took his talents to South Beach. No Those doubt. two linked up <laughs> no in its history sense. Yeah. Like we are in such a great spot. I'm so proud that we have sean o'brien i couldn't even imagine the the alternatives with those other right. guys with the power
0: search so phase. it sounds like you guys have like a a a, a multi attack right so um you're talking about community service right getting out there in the community to show people that teamsters are are part of the community and want to want to build communities right and and you're also talking about Internal organi- organizing and 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 making good members, right? Yeah. Um. Um. Val, what what you said really struck a chord with me because I'm the guy at local 1150 who signs everybody up, right? I, I'm the guy who who everybody signs a card for, right? And. And one of the things I tell those brand new members is, listen, if you want to be a good member, right, you want to be a, a, an active union member, you don't have to volunteer for stuff. You don't have to do anything but come to a meeting and raise your hand and exercise your rights to union representation when it's appropriate, right? So, your,
4: your wine garden rights. That's exactly. Right. And uh, that, that's something that, you know, that's one of the topics that we're going to be covering August 14th. Um, if you ever get called into that to that office I mean if you want to go back to the you know 1957 McClellan hearings and and echo the words of the late great Jimmy Hoffa I do not recall you can't get in trouble for having a bad memory no
3: but what you got to understand is the whole the new guys (laughs) they get taken advantage of because they don't know you don't know you have something called Weingarten rights yep like (laughs) I went to my center manager's door I knocked on his door and I asked him a question. He's like, "Come in." I said, "No, no, no. I don't want to come in. I don't want to get my wine garden rights. I don't want my wine garden rights violated." And he looked at me and laughed. <laughs> and I, now here I am going to his door, knocking on his door. But I know I'm not going in that office to talk to you about anything without my shop steward, right. because anything yeah. I say you can turn and twist and use against me. Yep. So would you go talking to the police without nope. without a lawyer? <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. So if you want to talk to me, how I can't believe Tampa won the game. And they're not eliminated when the cup was in the house. You bring the cup into Colorado and then you don't put that team in. You don't seal the deal. What are you doing? You going back down the table for game six? We're talking, about, up with that wait,
0: we're talking about hockey now? That's it.
3: I'm multifaceted. But, but you get it, though. You know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you, If you want to talk to me about how Disney Channel's killing it with Miss Marvel coming out and all these other shows, yeah, I'll talk to you. But if you want to talk to me about what I did yesterday and how many stops, no. I will not talk to you without my shop store. And I know every local should have the card that our local has, a little wine garden rights card that says, you know, and give those out. Because the younger guys don't know. And I'll tell you this right now, straight like that, the older drivers, the older people in these companies, if you're not reaching out to your younger guys, shame on you. Because in our building, we had a culture that was so toxic. The old timers would try to say, don't put a target on your back. Just that, don't put a target on your back, instills this fear that you got something to worry about. It does. Yeah. Yep. So UPS is the one company where a lot of the old timers, they thank God for them, they took me underneath their wing. There was a few old timers that were solid and they're yep. all retired now. Yep. But the other ones, there's a bunch of stooges. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, we got the guys who run around the shop saying, Oh no, no don't don't complain about that. Yeah. They might cut our overtime. No, 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 no. See that's, we hear the same you know, stuff in our that's shop. That's a me guy. That's yeah. a
3: me guy and that's not a wee guy. Yep, you
4: that's know? right. Like, there's that's right. There's three guys. There's yeah. Teamsters and there's Meesters. Yeah. the guys that care about <laughs> themselves. So. I like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. the
1: Teamsters in my opinion should be about that sense of brotherhood and mentorship and trying to bring up the next generation like you're talking about and Gary at one of the futures meetings said uh, how he was telling one of the supervisors those aren't your guys those are my guys and I love that because that's the mindset we need to have when we're going
0: out and we're
1: teaching people the ropes. Absolutely. And we set the tone for what to expect and what to,
0: you know, take and what not to take. And, and we, now, we, we have the saying, right, at Sikorsky. I don't know, I don't know how you guys deal with new employees, but at Sikorsky Aircraft, new employees are on a ninety day probationary period. Okay. So in for for the first ninety days, the company can do whatever they want with them. They can fire them for any reason in their first ninety days. Oops. So as Teamsters, we have this, this mantra that we say to the company all the time, which is you own him for 90 days. We own him for the rest of yeah, the year. Yeah, you can sit there and talk yeah.
3: about that guy on day 87, day eighty. That guy's the yep. worst. He sucks. As soon as it's day 91, oh, this guy's doing a great job. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But you just told us that he sucks and we should. no, 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 no. I, I make sure I drop these one-liners because I pass them on. Yep. Like I'll get up on the belt and I'll start talking, talking that talk, harassing people. I said, "Come on, we're a team, we're a team. There's no I in team." I look around, but there's an I in union. Just yeah, those sure. little one-liners that I, <laughs> I hit them like with, it.
0: and I watch them grind their teeth. Val, what do you got? You, you got something on your mind?
4: No, I, and I think <clears throat> something that we we spoke about today is organizing Amazon. How how big of a priority that is for for us as a union. I just want to speak about like about a month ago, uh, Amazon decided they were gonna, you know, or, it was a couple months ago at this point. Amazon decided they're going to deliver all their own packages. I don't know if you guys noticed. Amazon drivers were out till nine, ten, yep. eleven yeah, o'clock at yep, night. Then about noticed. a week later, a story comes out that says, "Oh no, we can't do it." But during that week, a lot of guys, at Hartford, we had guys get laid off. We actually had layoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, they lasted mm-hmm. only a week. All those guys are back. But you guys got this is to all the UPSers out there, especially twenty two fours that just got hired. Amazon gives us a lot of work. If they start delivering all of their work and they're not they're not gonna get unionized, that work is coming off our trucks, it's not coming back. That's right. Those are jobs that we could potentially lose. So or, organizing Amazon is the priority because it's gonna ensure that we still have UPS jobs and we have to make those Amazon jobs into Teamster jobs. Absolutely. Yeah, people
1: don't realize their profits over the pandemic just shot exponentially through the roof. It yeah, yeah. tripled in the one year, I think it was, uh, compared to the three years prior. And between 2020 and 2022, Amazon tripled the amount of industrial space it owns in North America. Mm -hmm. So they're just, I mean, you see it right down the street. They're buying up everything. And they're churning out, you know, hundred and fifty percent of employees. W- w-
0: you know, we have to organize them because because th- that's a that's a unionized workforce that that will change the country. Yeah, right. right? Uh-huh. Uh, organizing a workforce of that size changes the country. And before we organize them, which is what me and Gary are trying, and and
4: Jason and all these guys that are part of the futures, um, we have to organize sh- ourselves. Shout first. out to you
3: guys Internal too. organizing. Man. The yeah. fact that you guys were Teamster for tomorrow. And they just—they were already doing it for so long. They didn't yeah. have to rebrand yep. and let us get down. Like th- we're the CT futures now. We got to do it together, yep. and it's—it's yep. it's all the locals. And if anyone's yeah. listening to this podcast and you're not involved, get involved. Yeah. Like there's things that I do personally, and then I know Val also. When you see the Amazon guy out there, don't mean mug him because he's non-union. No, chop it up to him. I—I right. I got a milk crate in the back of my truck, waters and gatorades and snacks. I'm like, oh, "What up, Cuzo? Oh, you want to?" Be? I give him a water. He's looking yep. at me, and then when you get comfortable and you wave to him, and then this is when you hit him with this veteran move. Keep one of your pay stubs in your bag. Then you break out your pay stubs. Say, listen, I'm not trying to flex on you, I'm not trying to show you, but you see this see this right here? You see see that little paycheck? That is what I make because of the union. Not because of UPS. UPS wouldn't cut that check if they. Exactly. No, 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 no. The Teamsters got me those wages. The Teamsters are the reason my daughter right now. She's coming. I'm picking her up Wednesday from Northeastern. She stayed extra for her first year in college. She stayed there, did a little extra stuff because she's smart. She's not like her stupid old man. <laughs> so I'm picking her up, bringing her home. This girl didn't get one scholarship from four four three. She didn't get two scholarships. The Hoffa scholarship. She got three scholarships.
5: That's From awesome. the Joint Council. She awesome.
3: hit the trifecta because though she right? knocked all three of those scholarships. <laughs> And you know what? And that's because she was proud. She wrote an essay that was from the heart yep. that my father's a teamster. Yep. You know, I tell everyone like I'm proud everything I have is cuz of the teamsters.
4: Everything. Yeah, Amen. and I'll 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 echo that like I you know, we have a lot of third, fourth generation teamsters that, that talk. I'm not a second or a third generation Me teamster. Neither. I'm, a, I'm a first generation teamster and I'm a first generation American. I moved to this country when I was 4 years old. When I came here, we literally had Nothing. I I vividly remember we didn't have a table to eat off of. I sat on the floor, plates were on the chairs. Mm. My wife and I, I have two beautiful children. We just bought a $400,000 house. I'm able to provide for my family and give them something I never had. And that's because of the Teamsters Union. That's the American it's dream awesome, right there, man. baby. That's that how you is. do it.
3: That's so,
0: guys, listen, um, um, we're gonna we're we're gonna call you guys back and do a whole episode on the futures because I think it's really important to talk yeah, about this stuff is. more. But we're gonna get you back out to the uh, Stewart seminar so that you can enjoy all the festivities. We really appreciate everything you guys are doing out there, um, representing your members, Val, and 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 doing the internal organizing through the futures. Both of you, we really appreciate yeah. it. Um, thanks for being on the yeah, show. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you me. guys. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. So joining us now on the show is um, Sean Dwyer. Sean is uh, a steward and recording secretary Correct. for Local 443. Um, so talk about first how you got involved with the Teamsters. What made you want to be a Teamster?
6: I'm a second-generation Teamster. I mean, it was uh, all I ever knew. I mean, I've been, I have been—I was born on Teamster Insurance, had it my whole nice. life, you know, that's... Yeah. Nice. You know, my, Who was the
0: teamster, dad or mom? My dad, he okay. was a
6: steward at a, a beer company, Star Distributors in West Haven. Okay.
0: So, you get a job doing what?
6: I, I took a year off of school, got a job as a casual at UPS, and never left. That was 18 right. nice. years ago. I've been All full-time right. there for 17.
0: Cool. So, UPS driver. Yep. So, let's talk about that, how that works, because things are different, um, I know, with other unions, you know... Th- Um, we, we, we get kind of wrapped up in our own little world at Sikorsky aircraft and things are pretty simple there, right? In terms of how we represent our members, you know, stewards are there on the job. Everybody's in a building, right? Somebody needs a steward. The steward goes there. Um, How does that work with you? Somebody needs a steward, what do you do?
6: Uh, I'm usually there early before the start of the shift. It's kind of an overflow from the preload, which starts at like 4.30 in the morning. They get out around 9. Drivers start around 9 o'clock. So I get in there around 8.30. I can meet with guys and and, um, any concerns they have you know, take care of that then, or the company usually disciplines around that time. So, you know, they'll have me in the office for the discipline.
0: Okay. And they're pretty cool about that, about um, getting you involved.
6: Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, we, we keep them honest, making them, you know, have me in the office. They they They, try not to.
0: they, They don't try to discipline people without you there.
6: They have in the past, you know, we, they change managers every couple of years. So, yeah. you know, different managers have different tactics yeah. that they try to use. Yeah.
5: So yeah, the difference with us that we're not supposed to be
0: there when they discipline, we, we get involved afterwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so let's talk about why we're here, right? We're here for this, this, um, annual steward seminar, Teamster stewards from all over the state of Connecticut, um, eight locals, I think we have, um what are you looking to get out of a day like this
6: uh, just you know some refresher courses you know they're, they're going to talk about stuff uh workers comp the new fmla paid leave connecticut paid leave is uh something new that we haven't had before so i think that's important to you know get a little course on how the yeah, members sure. can utilize that's a big services. one
0: right we've actually talked about doing a whole, a whole episode about yeah. connecticut paid family medical leave because um you know um, and we've talked about this with some of the other guests that we've had today, but, you know, we're comfortable with our contracts, right? You get somebody asking a question about a contract, um, that's pretty easy stuff, right? right. But um, but when somebody comes up with a question about Connecticut paid family medical leave, um, it, it makes you feel naked at a, on a stage, Absolutely. right? You, you yeah. don't know right. what to say. Right. So so a day like today is a good, good time to, yeah, to get that sure. information.
1: I think we've got it a little bit easy having, you know, one employer – at Sikorsky. Yeah. But you guys have many, right?
6: Yeah, we have uh, probably 15, 20 different employers from you know beverage. We got the beer companies to uh, ABF to Yale Hospital, Pez Candy.
0: It's got so, so, to be done. Vinny, Pez Candy. <laughs> I'm a Pez collector. Maybe uh. he <laughs> could hook you up with some <laughs> dispensers. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so let me be clear on this, how this works. You as a steward represent just UPS guys. Yes. Okay. So, so you don't cross contracts and go and represent folks no, that are I'm driving beer at trucks. No, I'm Okay, it's enough. enough. So, enough. so there's stewards. The stewards kind of fall underneath a contract. Yes. Right. They work right. within a contract. Right. Now, okay. do the
1: agents specialize in different employers, or do they manage all contracts?
6: Uh, so, you know, we try to keep it. They try to keep it, you know, to, to the industries. Um, some cross stuff, like the public sector. I know Tom and Vito both represent some town, uh, you know, public works. Yep.
0: Yeah. I would assume it's kind of like our business agents, where, you know, we have agents who cover Blade shop, and then they'll they'll cover uh, the Alabama yeah, plant, and right. so they got to kind of learn the little idiosyncrasies of all those different right. places. Um, so, so w- talk about collaboration because I think that's an important part of today. Um, is is getting to talk to folks from other locals, right, the, and and see how they do things.
6: Yeah, I mean, getting to talk to the just you know specifically for me is the UPS guys and see kind of how management is going after them and, you know, how we can work together and Mm -hmm. kind of keep the same stuff to, you know, fight the same fight and make sure no one's getting away with one thing at in Waterbury that, you know, they're not getting away with in North Haven.
0: Yeah. That's really important. And is that something that you guys literally can use in your grievance procedure? Say, Hey, listen, um, the, you know, the folks over in Waterbury aren't, aren't, aren't dealing with this.
6: Yeah. I mean, I think they do, you know, once it does go to like a second or third level where they go to arbitration, you know, they'll, they'll see that in those, those hearings that, you know, one person, one come, you know, one, building is doing yep. this and you know so we we can fight it that way i think that's very important
0: yeah awesome so um you're working for who's your principal officer salabate salabate Salibate. <laughs> Sal, everybody's talking about Sal Bay yeah. today, right? Everybody loves Sal. Yeah, everyone everybody, loves Sal. Yeah. yeah, everybody loves Sal. Um, talk, talk about Sal. Um, how, how big a part does he play in in your career as a teamster? Oh,
6: Sal's huge. I mean, you know, just being able to learn from him and and watch, you know, how he does things. I mean, there's no excuses with Sal. It's you know, it's the guy's the hardest worker. You know, yep, he's member, always out there. You say yeah. members first. You know, that's. That's it, man. He's 365, seven days a week. Yep. You know, uh, you call Salad, he picks up the phone no matter yeah. what. So
0: yeah, it's, it's amazing. He's the he's the principal officer of local 443, and I see him here more than I see some of our own folks. Yeah, right yep. at our local. So I know how hard that guy works. That's, yeah, that, it's, that's that's great. You know,
6: something to strive for to yeah. you know, try yep. to be like that. I think we all yeah. benefit Absolutely. if everyone worked that way.
0: Absolutely. So, so listen. We, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, really appreciate as Teamsters overall. We appreciate you coming to a day like today and and getting some education so that so that you can go and represent your your members just that much better. Right, because. Um that's what the teamsters are all about is representing their members and um and so we appreciate you taking a Saturday to learn how to do that just a little bit better.
6: Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on here and uh you know, thanks for everything you do.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Right. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll see you out there. All right, sounds good. All right. All right. So joining us next is um I, I guess a pretty special guest, right? Um uh, the, the man of the hour, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, Mr. Sean O'Brien. Sean, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and privilege to be here, sir. So you're here today uh, supporting the Connecticut Teamsters Steward Seminar, right? So it's a day of education and, and collaboration for for stewards across the state of Connecticut. So, so if you can, talk about first the importance of stewards within the labor movement itself and, and how our members can benefit from their stewards being educated in a day like today? Well,
5: the stewards are the most important part of the process, especially uh, when they're representing members in the workplace. I think we view stewards, and I was a steward myself a long time ago, um, as the unsung heroes in the workplace. They're in the forefront of constantly uh, battling employers, making sure that our members are rank and file. Uh, are treated with dignity and respect, but most importantly, they have to uphold the integrity of the collective bargaining agreement that they work under. So it's important that they are educated, uh, and we provide them with the programs, uh, you know, that that are going to make them successful in the workplace, because at the end of the day, they're actually uh, representing our members, and if we are not educating them properly, then we are actually doing a disservice to the rank and file.
0: For sure. Thanks for that. Um, and, and and I can attest to that as a, as a steward for almost 25 years now. Um, uh, the education that, that I received early on from, from now one of your VPs, Rocco Calo, um, made all the difference in the world and has made this the local that I think it is today. Yeah. Well, I think
5: sometimes, um, and, and
0: we're all guilty
5: of this and uh, guilty as charged, is we get some formal uh, uh, or a form of education, I should say, And then we think that's enough because we've been there, done that. I think under our administration, what our focus is going to be and continue to be uh, with this new revamped education program is to make sure that there is uh, similar to what they do uh, in police forces and and other workplaces is we have uh, in-service trainings more consistently where uh, because I appear to be an expert and I've got longevity, I've been a steward a long time. Uh, there's always different tactics and approaches uh, that these employers are trying to uh, or, or, or new, new strategies to, to bust us or make us weak. And we've got to continue to do uh, these education updates, continue to do these seminars and not lose sight of the fact that we always have an opportunity uh, to learn more and provide more to our stewards.
0: Absolutely. So, so you, you mentioned your administration. So let's talk about that. You, you were elected on a platform um, that included an emphasis on strong contracts. Um, so, so as our local, local 1150 approaches negotiations, we're we're kind of entering that right now. Yep. Um, how important is it for, for the international union to support locals in that process, in the negotiating process, um, and, and what does that support look like? Well, you know, we, we have an obligation
5: because, you know, we took an oath to protect, preserve, and improve uh, the working, you know, our, our members and the working class and, you know, uphold the integrity of the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, under our administration, we have been focused on negotiating the strongest contracts in the industry for a couple of different reasons. It is one. That that's our obligation to our members. It's our obligation to our constitution, um, but more importantly, uh, if we're not negotiating these strongest contracts, because that's our template, that is our marketing tool, to uh, uh, show unorganized workers what the benefit of a collective bargaining agreement. If we're negotiating substandard agreements that are far less uh, lucrative and provide far less protections. Why would anybody that's not organized want to organize? So that is our best marketing tool. That's our best selling tool is to have the strongest collective bargaining agreement and take that to similar industries and show uh, these unorganized workers what their benefit will be under under a strong contract.
0: Amen. So organizing, you're, it's like you read the questions. You're uh, you're giving me my segues for me. I think we have a little telepathy going on. So, I, 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 I think we do. I think it's the hair, um, <laughs> or, or, or lack thereof, or, or lack of, yeah. So um, so we talk a lot about organizing on this show. Um, you know, we, we talk specifically about um, some, of that, some of those things that are, are exciting people across the country right now, uh, like Starbucks, you know, that grassroots movement, and um, of course, Amazon. And I know you've been hanging out with some of the folks um, th- that are working yeah. on Amazon, right? Um, and I know Amazon is, is at the top of your list of priorities. Um, so what do you see as the Teamsters' role at Amazon, and, and how can we support? What's going on at places like Starbucks and all that?
5: Well, I think um, our role with Amazon, we have a proven track record of representing similar workers in that workplace. You know, our largest employer is United Postal Service. Uh, it's basically has a mirror operation, except for the fact that Amazon skirts the direct employee model when it comes to uh, the delivery of the packages. But the warehouse is a similar operation similar shifts uh, similar goals and objectives so that's very important to our organization it's actually one of the things along with many others that keep me up at night because Amazon is going to be our most formidable opponent and you know we've approached it in a way where we've got a strategy Uh, it's not going to be a traditional organizing drive however uh, at some point in time uh, we've got to engage uh, the politicians, and I don't know if you've paid attention, but recently I testified before a Senate Budget Committee hearing, calling the government out. That why are we rewarding a company that doesn't pay any taxes? Why are we rewarding a company that treats their employees uh, like garbage? Why are we uh, supporting an employer who focuses on distressed communities and wants to turn constantly recycle his workforce? Uh, there's a 150% turnover ratio uh, with a focus on these distressed, uh, primarily uh, immigrant uh, communities. So, you know, that's that's one battle. That's one struggle. And I think we're going to be successful. I think the other thing we need to do and it's, you know, uh, it, it's on the radar screen. It's just a matter of our members and society making the right choices politically where we do need some legislative support and help uh, that will eliminate, you know, the— um, retaliation and retribution for seeking to organize so uh, that's the pro act and I've been focused uh, we're just coming upon a hundred days in office and so that's been a, a lot of my focus is politically trying to position the Teamsters Union uh, to make it that much easy to organize but also expose corporate America corporate greed and it's not just in Amazon there's a lot of places you mentioned Starbucks I mean I think it's great uh, seeing all these organizing drives, actually seeing a lot of strikes. But it's, it's encouraging for me uh, as a long-term Teamster. I'm 32 years in the Teamsters Union, but I'm only 50 years old. But it's nice to see 25, 26-year-olds you know, wanting to take on the boss, realizing and recognizing that you know, they're the success of the operation and that they want to be rewarded accordingly. So I think that wave of this new workforce uh, is important it's encouraging but again like today we're here to educate our members we also need to educate this next generation on what our core values are uh, what it means to work under a collective bargaining agreement and what it what it means to you know continue to grow because if we're not going to grow in the labor movement not just the Teamsters Union we're going to be out of business yeah. and we can't afford that I'll give you a statistic so we took over March 22nd 2022 1999 uh, when the previous administration took over, we were 1.4 million members, okay? And 2004, 2005, we had a merger of a large train union, the BLET and the BMW, which brought about 200,000 members. So if you do the math just there, that's 1.4 plus 200,000, 1.6. Then we also merged in the GCIU local, uh, the GCIU international, which brought about 60,000. So we should be about 1.65, right? And then you have 100% growth of your largest employer from 1999 UPS to now with an additional 180,000 members. So we should be about 1.7, 1.75 million members. Um, And when we took over, we reviewed the latest lm2 that was executed march 1st by the previous administration and we were about 1.012 million members Mm. so that has given us credibility uh, as an organization to say we have not done a good job organizing new members so what we've done internally um we've revamped the entire organizing department we've created a regional structure and we're focused on a couple of different things uh, externally organizing wise is our core industries, which are, you know, freight, car haul, um, you know, parcel delivery, uh, traditional industries that the team has represented that we haven't gone after. And then more importantly, we're focused on other industries, uh, you know, in a technological uh, workforce. Where, the, where where are the opportunities for us? Where are there opportunities in biotech, warehousing, stuff like that? So um, that's our focus externally, and, and our, our organizing department is doing a great job. Um, we've had some recent victories at an ambulance company in Local 25 with 200 new members that voted, uh, and there's organizing drives going all over the country. We're doing very well in cannabis, uh, where if, you, if you're following us, we've got a whole uh, uh, division set up in the organizing department that's just focused solely on the cannabis and the cannabis workers. Vinny, uh, that's good news for you. So, yeah, it is. Yeah. I so, want to see them unionized. So, yeah, so we're, we're going to be successful there, although I don't partake. Uh, it's about making sure that the workplace is taken care of Absolutely. and the members, right? Absolutely, thank you. And <laughs> so the other thing where we were not focused on as an organization is the right to work states. So we, coming from New England, we have you know an advantage that we don't have to worry about you know, signing people up that, you know, within 30 days on your traditional contract that they have to become members is an obligation. Unfortunately, it's not like that in the right-to-work states. So, um, you know, we, we, we've put together a whole internal organizing department, which every week, and they're working hard. I think we're about 4,000 members up from where we were. And we've been focused primarily right now on the right-to-work states that have UPS because there's 40,000 uh, uh people working under a collective bargaining agreement these right to work states that are not members so uh two things we want to make sure that everybody's a member because it gives us strength and numbers going into that negotiations but you know we don't want free riders we want people you know i always use the analogy of you know when we were when janice was passed or janice uh was adopted by the supreme court and their ruling came down uh we were trying to get state legislation passed uh, that you know, basically said it was a members-only contract. So if you're a member, you would get these provisions. And if you're not a member, hey, you're on your own. Yeah. And when I was testifying, and, and again, we're very lucky from where we're from, when I was testifying in front of the Senate in Massachusetts, a, a senator said, I don't understand this right-to-work stuff. And I said, look, it's simple, and which is good. I'm glad they don't understand it. But I said, it's simple. If I'm driving home tonight and I get a flat tire in my car and I'm not a member of AAA and I call AAA, should they come out and fix my tire? He said, no, you're not a member. I said, exactly. Right. So, you know, we've been yeah. focused on the, uh, the uh, right to work states and, and helping those locals um, and providing support to sign new members up.
0: And and listen, I think this local is a great example of of how if you work hard at getting that message out, even in the right to work states, it works. I mean, we we have a workforce in Alabama, and and we have no freeloaders down there, right? Because they get it. Well, right? two
5: things for that. I mean, look, what we're doing here today, right? We're educating our stewards. Yep. And they're well represented because we got well educated uh, stewards with a great local that's leading them. So why wouldn't you want to be part of this organization? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you lead you lead from the forefront of the, of the workplace, and look, the union will sell itself at that point in time as long as everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing from the from the rank and file to the top.
0: Yep. So you you touched on it a couple of minutes ago, um, talking about the Pro Act. Mm-hmm. Um, so Connecticut just recently became just the second state in the country to ban captive audience meetings. Um, awesome, right? But with right to work, we're not going to get that done on a national level without the pro act, right. Mm -hmm. Without some federal legislation. So, so how do we convince this government to move on the pro act or similar legislation? Um, especially now we're coming up on midterms that, that, that could make it more difficult for us to do that. How can we influence that? Well, I think we
5: have to influence the vote first. You know, we look at our membership and, you know, and I speak about this often, uh, Usually every time I, I, I talk to members, I talk to uh, leadership. And I always say, you know, our personal issues, our social issues, uh, sometimes they they take, they take our thought process over completely. You know, you talk about gun laws, you talk about, you know, Roe versus Wade, and those are all very, very legitimate and important issues, and they're personal issues, they're personal decisions. But what I want to try and change the focus and the thought process of our members are uh, let's elect the people that are going to actually put food on our table, that are actually going to support worker rights, that are going to revamp the National Labor Relations uh, Act, and that are going to support our issues. Uh, If we do not have the ability to, you know, put food on the table, you know, send our kids to school, whatever the case may be, then those social issues will start to play a larger role if we're not putting the right people in there. I think the best example of making the right choices based upon uh, is what we did in, in uh, Georgia, where we elected those two senators who were the deciding vote for the American Recovery Act, which saved 200 pension funds nationwide that were critical and declining, could have been insolvent in seven to eight years. And you know, those are the decisions that we have to encourage our members to make. Look, the social aspect is very important. I get that. But I think the biggest social issue we're going to face if we continue to not um, support the politicians that are going to support the working class, we're going to find ourselves in, in much, much deeper and uh, more uh, prevalent um, positions of weakness in our community. It all starts with what you're able to provide okay. uh, for your families.
0: Absolutely. Um, that's pretty much all I got. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, What are the chances we're going to see you sitting at the bargaining table when we sit down with Sikorsky Aircraft?
5: Put it this way, so I will be wherever I'm needed to be uh, to add as much support as any local union, any joint council, any other international union needs. I mean, look, the Teamsters, we're putting, you know, I'm out there and I'm being clear. We're back. We're on the map. We're going to be bigger. We're going to be faster. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be the most influential union uh, in the entire country and hopefully the entire world. So I hope that
0: Answered That's your good. question, sir. It did. I'm pretty excited. Um, I've been yeah. excited for a hundred days. Um, uh, I'm I'm ready. I got my chin strap buckled. I'm friggin' tired. Yeah, I know you're tired. <laughs> I know but you don't good. look tired. Though. No, no, we're good. going.
5: We're going. We're going hard and uh, fast. And look, there's a lot of sacrifice, you know. Yep, a lot of sacrifice. You know, I'm missing birthdays, missing anniversaries, but you know, the reality of it is, um, we've got to do this. We've got mm-hmm. a great team in place. Uh, you know, you're well represented. Uh, on our executive board with uh, Rocco Calo, yep. who's probably one of the strongest leaders in the country. Um, and look, it's uh, it, it's not a job, it's a mission.
0: Yep, it is. Yep. Um, and we appreciate you uh, uh, heading that mission, being the guy uh, well, on, on the I front of that line. That. We appreciate it. Yep. Um, again, we're excited. Thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. I know you got some stewards to talk to, Thank so um, we're going to let you go do that. Um, but again, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Thank you sir. I
5: appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.
7: I'm going to now introduce our next speaker, and listen, I have had uh, this pleasure and honor of doing this several times over the last couple years during our campaign, and what, what I told everybody, right, when, whenever I introduced this guy when we were out on the campaign trail, you know, we talked about him being a fourth-generation Teamster, I talked about the work that I've done with him and watched him do personally over probably the last 25 years. I talked to everybody about his local, local 25 and how they were one of the strongest locals, if not the strongest local in the country and try to emulate some of that stuff here. I talked to you about joint council 10 and what he's done, what joint council 10 grew into under his leadership. I talked to you about the organizing department that we just heard from. I talked to you about the strategic research department that he's created. I talked to you about the communications department that he's created. I talked to you about the member outreach that we did, how he's accessible to everyone. And I told you, I told you, if you went out and got him elected, you would be electing the most qualified general president that this union, this international union, has ever had. And the only thing I'm going to tell you today is I was right. So with that, our General President, Sean Edm O'Brien.
5: I appreciate, the sooner you stop clapping, the sooner we can have lunch. I appreciate the warm welcome, my good friend. Um, It's always good to get home, and we haven't been home in a while, Um, but the one thing I want to say is I want to thank everybody their support. What you helped, and you were the vital uh, part of helping us as a leadership team take back our once great, often deprived over the last 10 years, international union. And we couldn't have done it without the rank and file members and the support. It is not about the leadership, the strength of this union. It's about the rank and file, it's about the stewards. I just want to say that one of the best choices i know we've got some um international vice presidents here we've got rocco we've got matt Taby. uh one of the, one of the things that we wanted to do when we were building this team was to bring the core values of what new england was all about and we had a tough choice uh, in a lot of areas but the one choice that was probably the easiest for me uh was having rocco calo as the International Vice President of the East. He does a tremendous job um, in Local 1150. He understands the issues. The most important thing about Rocco Kahlo is he is committed to the cause, and that cause is to make this international union bigger, faster, stronger. So thank you for your friendship and your loyalty. (laughs) I want to thank my home local, Local 25, is Mar- where's Mari? He, he
0: took off. <laughs> All right, we don't
5: have to talk about him. I want to thank John Murphy from Local 25. Look, it's been, they, they have more gear up here than they have in the friggin' White House, but um, look, it's been great. Um, we're coming up on 100 days, I believe on Wednesday, uh, since we've taken over, and it's been a challenge. It's been a struggle, but it's been great. Um, The one thing our administration with our General Secretary-Treasurer, Fred Zuckerman, we've been razor-sharp focused on making sure we put the leadership back in the true leaders of this international union. And as our rank-and-file members, that's our student, tremendously uh, well-received around the country. We have uh, taken the international that was broken um, and, and started to create an environment of inclusiveness, an environment of transparency and an environment that is actually going to be the model for local unions and joint councils. So what we've done is we've consolidated uh, a bunch of departments. We've taken and created a strategics initiative department that is, we've combined communications, we've combined strategic research, we've combined contract campaigns into one department where everybody is working together, where we're not siloing and separating information. For once, since you know we took over, um, there is a renewed sense of commitment. We have a great staff in the international and all this, all these departments, and it's working great. We want to make sure we're user friendly to our members, to our locals, and our joint councils. We've also had a. Uh, A a focus on organizing because I think as it was spoken about here today and you hear about it all the time is if we are not growing this international union we're not growing joint councils we're not growing uh, local unions then we're gonna put ourselves out of business our strength is the strength of the rank and file and the strength and growth of numbers pure numbers and I want to give you some statistics so we took over uh, March 22nd now if we have, we have a lot of Teamster members here who have been around a long time. I've got 32 years, and I know Rocco's got well over 30, and the majority of people in here do. 1999, when our previous administration took over, there was a number 1.4 million members. Pretty big number. And we've heard 1.4 million for the last 22 years. And that 1.4 million in '99. Follow the math. In 2004 and 2005, we had a merger, or several mergers, with three big international unions. One being the BLET, which is the rail union. Those are the guys that drive the trains. And then we had the BMWE. Those are the guys and gals that fix the tracks to make sure the trains are on them. They brought 200,000 people to the international. So that's 1.6 million. And then we had another uh, merge with the GCIU, which was another 50,000. So that's 250,000 members, right? So we should be at around 1 point, 1.65 in membership. And then factor in our largest employer, which is United Apostle Service, had a 100% increase from 180,000 members to roughly around 350,000 members. So we should be around 1.7 million members. The day Fred and I took over, we looked at the financials and our financial stability is, is great. Uh, we've got a $350 million strike fund, which is great that you all help, and you've u- utilized, um, we've all utilized it at times. But the number at the end of the day was 1.015 million members, the international brotherhood of Teamsters. And that's three big mergers. That's 100% growth with our largest employer. And we are still at 1.015 million members. And why is that important? That's important because we have not done a good enough job of organizing the unorganized. We have basically watched an administration babysit an organization with no vision to grow. And that's not going to be reflective of how our leadership is going to go after organizing. We've committed tons of resources, we've gotten rid of the people that weren't organizing. The organizing department previously under the old regime was focused on not organizing workers, but organizing campaigns against political foes that were not following suit with the agenda of the administration previously. We do not want to have an organization that is divided. We want to have an organization that has a vision, that has a goal, and that's to organize the unorganized. Also, what we've created is an internal organizing department. And some folks, uh, well, most folks in here, we don't have to deal with it at all. I know you have to deal with a little bit uh, with the um, locations in Alabama and Florida, which are 100 percent, and we'll get into that and why. But a lot of these local unions and right-to-work states cannot afford to organize workers externally, but what's even more frightening in the right-to-work states where people are working under a collective bargaining agreement don't have to join the union. And what we've done is we've focused right now on creating an internal organizing department focused on the right-to-work states. In the right-to-work states right now, we have strictly focused on UPS, where you got 40,000 people working on probably one of the strongest collective bargaining agreements with the ability to a means to an end with a full-time career and a full-time job, getting all the bells and whistles, reaping the benefits, and not paying dues. So we instituted this program six weeks ago, and I believe our numbers this morning are at 4,000 new members with the goal of 40,000. So we we are taking measures to grow this union. And it's not just about UPS, it's about every single industry we work at. And the only way we're going to be successful in organizing, especially externally, and you talk about Amazons of the world and everything else is that we need, especially this new generation of workers, we need proof on what we're going to get if we join a union. And that proof, that marketing tool for us, is that collective bargaining agreement that your local union (laughs) negotiates on your behalf with the direction of the rank and file. And if we're not negotiating these strongest contracts, whatever industry we represent, then we're doing a disservice to the growth of the union. We're doing a disservice to restoring a strong middle class. And that's what our focus should be in. And that's what we are doing right now. We are having more strikes in the last six weeks than the international has in the last 10 years. We just won a strike yesterday and local 830 with a liquor distributor, where we got the members, health welfare pension, $6 raise over three years, great agreement. We're probably gonna be striking U.S. foods on Tuesday night, nationwide, extending picket lines. Because, you know, during the pandemic, all the industries we represented, the one thing that we proved as Teamsters was that we are essential. You were actually the heroes that provided goods and services to keep this country moving. You provided the food on the shelves. You provided the rubbish removal. You provided the e-commerce delivery that drives this economy right now where people, corporate white-collar crime syndicates like Amazon, are taking advantage of and having record profits while our members, who were once hailed as heroes and essential workers during our toughest time ever, People forget about that. They lost sight of who made them the success, and that's our rank-and-file members, that's our Teamsters union. But my job is not only lead the 1.015 International Brotherhood of Teamsters, my job is to put corporate America on notice that we are not going to be subject to judgment by you regardless if it's favorable or not favorable. We want to be subject to reap in the benefits of the success of that bottom line balance sheet that you helped them all achieve. And we wanna remind them that they wouldn't be successful, they wouldn't have record profits if it wasn't for the fact that you risk your lives, you risk your family's safety, and you went to work every single day with an uncertainty whether you're gonna get sick and die from COVID or whether you're gonna get sick and pass it on to an elderly parent or a child. You went there with a sole focus of doing what we do. That's going to work every day, boots on the ground, providing a service, so that you can be rewarded at times. My job right now is to remind these corporate white collar crime syndicates that it's time to pay. It's time to pony up. It's time to reward the people, the men and women who sacrifice so much to make this your business a success. We are not going to sit there from a position of weakness moving forward under our leadership. We're going to go to these bargaining tables. We're not going to ask for anything. We're going to demand and take what we're worth. And if they don't want to do that, guess what? we got $350 million. We'll put their asses on the street. (laughs) Another focus has been education. And I think that's why we're all here today. Stewart seminar, very important. I've been speaking at a lot of them every single weekend. And I'll tell you, there's no greater stewardship than the Teamster stewards nationwide. The one thing I've learned being able to travel the country, um, and I'm going out of the country tomorrow to meet with other stewards, um, is that when you're a Teamster steward, there is a sense of pride. There is a sense of of, of being a leader. There's a sense of representing people that may not have the courage and conviction to stand up for themselves in the workplace. So it's vital that we provide the best education program possible to the people that are the unsung heroes, first line of defense in any workplace and that's the men and women that choose to become stewards, choose to represent workers, choose to fight with the boss, choose to uphold the integrity of the collective bargaining agreement, who are non-corruptible. And under our administration, we revamped a continuous education program, not just a Stuart seminar once a year, but we are going to be looking at trends in the workplace. We're going to look at trends with employers. We're going to look at where we need to be better educated, where we need to be better prepared for the fight, so we create a a robust education program focused on a regional model that's not just focused on a three-hour seminar, focused on a union-specific, craft-specific educational seminars where our members will be armed. And if we're not armed, we're going to lose. And it's not about the leadership being strong. It's not even about the stewards being strong. We need the strength of the rank-and-file members, and we need them to be educated on what our core values are, what our disciplines are when we go to the bargaining table. And you know this new generation's pretty difficult but the one thing that's inspirational for me with this new generation is that they want to fight the boss. They want to fight. But when we are getting into that fight we want to know we want them to know what our core values are because we always got to look to the past so that we can move to the future And we want to make sure that they understand how important it is to have a defined pension benefit plan where you can retire and maintain your current lifestyle. We want to make sure that they understand how important it is that we want to hold employers accountable, make them pay full health and welfare and pension. We want to make sure they understand under a mature contract why we have all these conditions and why we have all these benefits. It's because the people before us, took the sacrifice and in some cases took that sacrifice to the street so that we enjoy the current lifestyle we have under these collective bargaining agreements. So we're going to be doing a lot, lot more of education and continuing education. We've also revamped our entire political program. And this is no disrespect because he does a great job on behalf of us in Washington. But a lot of times previous to us taking over, the Teamsters Union was a blank check to these politicians, a blank check where they told us what we wanted to hear, they over-promised and underdelivered on our behalf. And when we're taking on the Amazons of the world, and we're looking to pass the PRO Act, which is going to make organizing that much easier, where it's going to give people the opportunity to make a choice to join a union without any threats of retaliation or retribution, we want to make certain that we are making the investments in the people that are actually going to over-deliver for us. And when we say over-deliver, and we have to do a better job educating our members on political choices, I think this past week is pretty important, a lot of the social issues that were decided at the Supreme Court, a lot of legislation uh, that was passed that are really truly social issues that I think we could all debate on either side, but the biggest social issue that we need to focus on, our members need to focus on, is making the right choices politically that is gonna enable us to put food on our table, enable us to buy a home, enable us to be able to retire and maintain our current lifestyle. It's not about guns, it's not about pro-choice or anything else as far as we're concerned. They're important issues, very important issues. But when we are making a choice for a political candidate, we're going to make the choice that's going to restore the middle class, be a strong middle class, create job opportunities, create career paths to retirement. Because that's the biggest social issue I see coming our way. If we're not making the right investments, that's going to support labor, support the middle class. That's where we have to make the best decisions. That's where we have to educate our members. And I'll give you an example. Who works under a teams to pension right now in New England, right? Majority of folks in this room. And it's not just a teams to pension. Had we not elected two Democratic senators in Georgia, right now, we would be making decisions as leaders all in New England and 200 other pension funds around the country to either do one or two things, cut the benefits, or start negotiating people out of defined pension plans and put them in 401Ks. Because if those two senators weren't elected and Joe Biden, when he put the American Recovery Act forward under Senator Schumer, who did a tremendous job and all the legislatures as well that are pro work or pro-union, they funded these 200 critical and declining pensions where it would have collapsed Social Security. And people, our members, forget that we are going to have a secure retirement system based upon those two political choices that were made that supported workers and pensions. So don't focus on the $5 gas, don't focus on the social issues that are going to be argued sometimes out of our hands. Let's focus on the issues of providing a strong working middle class that allows us to retire with dignity and then we can hold these politicians accountable. We can make sure that when we go past the PRO Act, we can look at these politicians and say, we gave you X amount of dollars out of our pact, you need to deliver. And if you don't deliver, there's got to be consequences. We can't be a forgiving union moving forward, whether it's dealing with employers, whether it's dealing with politicians, whether it's dealing with anybody. We've got to be a fighting union, we've got to be a militant union, and we can't be afraid to lose. Because you know, the one thing we are as Teamsters, We're strong, we're tough, man, we're resilient. We can get grimy, we can get gritty, right? And we can lose the fight, but we are gonna win the battle. And the only way we're gonna win the battle is if we're collectively marching in the direction, one union, one mission, one goal. And that's to protect, preserve, and improve this organization. And I got a message for corporate America, I got a message for these politicians that are trying to destroy us, or anybody else that tries to wanna fight with us. It's a full contact sport, Put your helmets on and buckle your chin straps thank you very much
0: so that's going to just about wrap it up for today right a a, a pretty long day a pretty exciting day Um, certainly a a day full of education and collaboration Um, just what we were looking for i want to thank all of our guests for coming on um, yep. especially, and I guess I have to single them out, right? Especially General President O'Brien Absolutely. Um, for taking time out of an incredibly busy schedule to, to sit down with us and, and, and spend a few minutes. Um, but it's been good.
1: Yeah, it's been a great day. Um, and I think we should also extend a thanks to all of our stewards out there who attended today. We had eight locals from across Connecticut, over 300 stewards, um, countless people on the staff here at 1150 who made this event possible, working hard for days. Yeah, and
0: including you guys.
1: Yeah, thank you. And really, you know everybody here today, nobody is getting paid. Everybody is here on their own time, donating their time to make their workplace better, to strengthen the labor labor movement. Yep. and this is for your coworker. When you come to this event, the time that you give up, your time to relax at home, you're doing that for your coworker and to
0: better benefit the union. Absolutely. So all you members out there, right, the members of Local 1150 who, who listen to this regularly, um, obviously thank you. But while you're listening to this, understand exactly what Jason just said, which is your stewards are working hard, taking time out from, from their family lives to learn how to do a better job of representing you. So take advantage of that, right? Be that active member, raise your hand when it's appropriate, yep. get that union representation when you're when it's appropriate and and let's tell the employer that, you know, this is this is who we are. This is what we do. Absolutely. Yeah, you've heard a lot about the futures today. Um, If you're interested, get involved.
1: If you're interested in any of the caucuses, we've started a lot of them at 1150. There's one for everybody. We always say if there's not, go create one, Um, but come down, get involved. And it doesn't have to be that you give up a whole Saturday. You can, you know, kind of take part on your on your own terms. And we
0: encourage everybody, you know, do that. Yep, for sure. So so listen, thank you everybody for tuning in to this this different episode. We always appreciate you downloading. We appreciate you following. If you're not following, shame on you. Go to Podbean and follow the 10 to 12 podcast. Um, remember to email us at comms at teamsters1150.org. That's C-O-M-M-S at teamsters1150.org. Let us know what you love about the podcast. Let us know what you hate about the podcast so that we can make it what you want to hear. But until next time, I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Cainzi. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. See you next time.